Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Yesterday, Claudio and Aurelio and I went to the Colosseum, and let me tell you, it was a pretty amazing experience, and uh, that's what I want to talk about today, what it was like, what was weird about it, what was interesting about it, and also, if you happen to be in Rome right now, which I know several of you are, how to go about going and why you would want to. So I know a lot of you out there listening have spent time in Italy and particularly Rome and have been to the Colosseum. But for those of you who haven't, it's one of those extremely crowded places in Rome. You've heard me talk a lot about the Vatican Museums and how scary busy they are and also outdoor places like the Trevi Fountain. And the Colosseum is much the same. It's a pretty large place, as you probably know. So there is, you know, significant amount of space inside. The spaces that you walk in are much roomier than the hallways of the Vatican Museums. But nevertheless, it is extremely crowded. You have to wait in line, even if you have booked tickets. Even if you do book tickets, you you can skip much of the line. But you still have to fight these colossal crowds. And as Katie mentioned in a previous episode, the Colosseum is one of those places that if you live in Rome, you just avoid because you don't want to get stuck in the constant crowds that are around there, as well as the people hawking things to all of the tourists. From the moment you step outside of the the Colosseum metro station, you've got people hawking stuff to you, whether it's tours or souvenirs or photographs with people dressed like Roman centurions. You know, it just gets worse and worse the closer you get to the Colosseum. And when you're standing right in front of it, you can barely move. So it is really an amazing experience and opportunity to get to visit the Colosseum when it's nearly empty. And there has been free movement within Italy from region to region from about June 3rd, I believe. And now Italy has opened up to European travelers as well. Not a lot of people are traveling. There's not a lot of tourists here, but there are some. And so, you know, I'm not going to say there was no one there, but the comparison is astounding between how it usually is and how it is now. So we booked online and I'll give you a little brief rundown about how to book tickets to the Colosseum because there are actually two options. And it's important to know because actually I didn't look into it quite carefully enough and I was a little bit disappointed about at least one thing. So there are two different tickets. One is just an afternoon ticket. You can only go in the afternoon after 2 p.m. You have a particular time. All the tickets are time-based. So I think it's every 15 minutes. They let a certain number of people in. You have your time, but it's from 2 p.m. to the end of the day. And you can also then go to the Forum and the Palatine Hill. It's included in the same ticket. And it costs a bit less. Um, it costs eleven fifty, and that's including the reservation fee, the two-year reservation fee. So that's the adult price. One of the great things about going to the Coliseum is that kids under 18 are totally free, with the exception of the two-year reservation fee. Most museums in Rome, they charge kids uh, 
over six or seven. So it's really nice that the, the Coliseum does not charge kids 18 and under. And European students only pay two euros plus the two euro reservation fee. So four euros. So if you are a European student or a child from any part of the world, you have a very good price no matter which option you pick. The other ticket costs a bit more. The children's prices and the students' prices are the same, but the adult price is 18 euros, including the reservation fee. And that ticket, you can, it's any time of day. Obviously, not all times are going to be available, but if you book at least a week in advance, you can get pretty much any time, at least right now. And the reason that this ticket might be a bit more expensive is that then you can go to the Forum and the Palatine at any time in the following 24 hours. So if you go to the Colosseum at 2 p.m., you could go the next morning to the Forum and the Palatine Hill at 9 o'clock, for example. But I realized that. I got that. I wanted to buy the afternoon ticket, of course, because I wanted to save money. But they weren't available, so I bought the full price tickets. And we showed up. And the only thing I want to say that was disappointing to me, and then I'll get into how it actually went, was that we were not able to go to the arena floor. So the arena floor basically is a reconstruction, a wooden reconstruction of just part of the lowest level where the gladiators would have fought. The original floor, of course, is gone, and you can see the underground labyrinthine areas from above. You can see that underground area because the floor is gone. So they rebuilt the floor at just one extreme of the Colosseum. And if you bought the full price ticket, the more expensive ticket, you weren't able to go there, which was really disappointing to me because I've never actually been there. The other times I went to the Colosseum, they hadn't opened that yet. And I knew that Aurelia would have liked to have stood where the gladiators stood. So that was a bit disappointing. So keep that in mind. If you really want to go to the arena floor, you need to buy the less expensive ticket. But from what I've discovered since by looking more deeply at the website is that the cheaper ticket, I believe, only allows you to go to the arena floor. Uh, which means you cannot walk up to the upper level. And really going up to that upper level is great too. I can't really say which is better, especially because I haven't been to the arena floor, but I don't think you could really get a full sense of the Colosseum without going at least to the first level up because it's really amazing to look down at the Colosseum and see it as a spectator would see it. I mean, they've made this decision. I don't really know why, probably to keep people separate from each other as much as possible. But the point is, whichever ticket you pick, you have two choices. Either you can see the Colosseum as a spectator would have seen it, or you can see it as a gladiator would have seen it. But you cannot do both. Unless you go twice, of course, which actually I'm considering now. But regardless, you show up. It says on the website that you need to be there 15 minutes early. That is not true. <laughs> they will not let you in until five minutes before your time. So don't bother showing up 15 minutes early unless you want to spend time taking pictures, which of course you do, because if you're here right now, it's amazing to take pictures with so few people in it. We were there at 2 p.m., 2.30 p.m. And, you know, it's the middle of the day. It was a weekday, so it was probably a little bit less crowded than a weekend, but there were very, very few people around. So we present ourselves and show our printed tickets is you have to either print your tickets at home or you know if you have a smartphone that'll work too they let you in and I just could not believe where usually you know the people are just lined up and it's just a mass of bodies there were literally three people in line <laughs> I just can't even wrap my head around it 
You enter, you have your temperature taken, you have to wear a mask. They even insisted that Aurelia wear a mask, although by law, children under six are not required to wear masks in public. But make sure you bring your mask so they won't let you in. If you have a fever over 37.5, which is, I don't know, maybe 100 degrees Fahrenheit, I'm not sure, somewhere around there, you cannot go in. They won't, they will not let you in. This is another part that kind of threw me because I just assumed, I saw on the website, it said 45 minutes, your visit is 45 minutes. You know, I know from going to places like the Borghese Gallery, they strictly make sure that you don't overstay that time. So I thought it would be a similar sort of thing, that we would be allowed to wander freely through the monument, but then after 45 minutes, we'd have to leave. And quite frankly, with a four-year-old, 45 minutes is enough. But Actually, we had to be in a group, which is really, really bizarre to me, considering we're not supposed to be congregating in this time. And I, I know it, it isn't the decision of the people who work there, but I just said to the woman, why in the world do we have to be in a group? I, I don't get it. I still don't get it. Luckily, there weren't that many people. I would say maybe there were 15 people in our time slot and obviously there was no tour guide so it wasn't like we all had to be close together to hear our tour guide we just had a person accompanying us basically walking us around and then she would stop and then we would get to sort of wander in the general vicinity for a few you know maybe five ten minutes and then she would lead us to another spot which wasn't great, to be honest. So there were some really wonderful things about this visit and some kind of strange and frustrating ones. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a museum or someplace like that, unless I'm actually on a tour with a tour guide who's giving me amazing knowledge, I want to be on my own. I want to be able to wander around. That is not going to be the case, visiting the Colosseum, at least right now. They also have you download an app. I'm pretty sure they insist that you download it. They say they do, but I don't think they actually checked. And this app it's basically more or less an audio guide and there's like seven stops on this little mini tour. Press the button and listen to it. I found that also very unhelpful, probably because I downloaded it in Italian. Um, and even though I can understand Italian, obviously I preferred to listen to that kind of thing in English, but also because there were three of us, you know, I didn't really even realize there was this sort of audio guide. So we didn't have three sets of earphones to be able to listen to it. So we're holding it up to our ears. I really got nothing out of it. Kids that age, it's lucky if they absorb that kind of information coming from a live person, but from a recording, they're not going to get anything. And neither did we actually either. We eventually stopped using it, but that is available and free if you are interested in that. Like I said, it was really wonderful. It was wonderful to walk around the upper level of the Colosseum with so few people there. Every time I've been there, and the last time I think was in 2013, it's just been so crowded. You know, you can't really get a good picture because there's a zillion people standing in front of you everywhere you are. It's already hot there anyway. I think I've only ever been to the Colosseum in the summer because I just associate it with blazing heat and it was actually quite hot when we went as well and very sunny but the people when it's really crowded it just makes it hotter so it was nice to have this sort of breezy open space to walk around it was nice to be able to take a photo of my son looking down at the Colosseum and not have a bunch of other people crowded in around him that was quite wonderful disappointed I didn't get to see more of the Colosseum 
but I suppose they have their reasons for doing things as they're doing them. There was also an exhibit, a permanent exhibit on the upper level. It's very interesting, but again, I feel like when you go to a place like the Colosseum, you go to the Colosseum because you want to see the Colosseum. You want to be there. You want to experience it. You want to soak it up. You want to imagine the kind of things that happened there. And wandering around an exhibit and looking at documentation and artifacts and things like that, that might not be what you're really looking for to do. You know, I mean, I love that kind of stuff because I love going to museums. But when I go to the Colosseum, it's because I want to be in the Colosseum. And so that tour, I felt like a lot of the time was taken up wandering through those exhibits and not enough time spent actually exploring the Colosseum. I'm not going to go into a whole explanation of the Colosseum because it would take way longer than we have time for in a mini episode. But I do want to give you just a couple of fun facts. One fact is that to go into the Colosseum, you had to have a tessera or a card. But everybody had one, and it was free to go into the Colosseum. There was between 30 and 70,000 seats. Archaeologists can't agree on how many, but let's say up to 70,000 seats. And every single person had a tessera with their exact seat on it. And the seating was based on social class. So obviously, the higher the class, the lower you would be and the closer you would be to the action. And the poorer you were, the higher you would be sitting. But what I can't figure out and I can't find any, any explanation for is if everybody had a tessera and everybody had an assigned seat, there were more than 70,000 people living in Rome. And sure, I don't imagine that every single person went to every single game, but still, I don't know how they organized it so that there was a seat for everyone and yet doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I'm sure maybe they had like days, like specific days you could go. I really don't know how that would work. But according to common knowledge and guidebooks, and in fact, the uh, audio guide, I, I got that far in the audio guide, everybody had a tessera with the exact seat that they had on their tessera. Another thing that I think is fascinating about the Colosseum is how fast it could empty out. There were so many exits from the Colosseum that apparently it could empty in three minutes which is a pretty amazing feat of engineering. If you've ever been to a busy concert or game, you know how long it takes to get out of there. Uh, and, uh, and so three minutes is pretty impressive. If and when you come back to Rome, get a tour guide for the Colosseum. I mean, whether it's during this time when there's hardly anybody around or a year from now when the city is packed again, it is so worth it to get a tour guide, especially if you have kids. Like, I know a lot about the Colosseum. I mean, it's been a while since I've studied it, but I did study it pretty intensively when I was studying to become a tour guide. So I know more than the average person, even the average Roman, about the Colosseum. But nevertheless, I never gave tours there, so I'm not an expert on it. And I just felt, as I walked around, you know, it's amazing. You can't help but be impressed by it and be overcome even. But without someone there to tell you really what you're looking at and what this was used for and what that was used for and the history and the, the materials and the everything, it really does make a place come alive. So I always recommend to people to get a tour guide for the Vatican museums. But I think the Colosseum is even more worthy of a tour guide and necessitating of a tour guide. And I hope you make it there yourself soon. This has been your midweek bittersweet moment. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again.
Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>